I don't see any any reason why he doesn't he doesn't resign after next year to keep riding a single if that's an option. I, you know, people talk about the KTM. Obviously, there's KTM twins out there, but I don't think in the next three years you're going to see a factory KTM twin effort. I would bet really? a lot of money that at least in the next three years, as of right now, there will not be a twin KTM effort. Episode 149, Tank Slapping Podcast. Back on the rewind, grind, Rapid City Half Mile, other side of the country and the microphone, Eric Harley. What's up, man? Not too much, not too much. When I left my house for the first time in two weeks today, so that was cool. Oh, shit. Damn. <laughs> I bet that felt yeah. good. Yeah. Oh, that's cool, man. real good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they got... Yeah, the... American flat track tour is coming to your neck of the woods. So you got a bunch of shit going on. I know you're Spokane, 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 Spokompton, Spokompton. And, uh, the, all the boys are coming what the race there tomorrow. Is that tomorrow? Yeah. Yeah. Big outlaw race, $20,000 purse. Um, I don't know when this podcast will hit. So, uh, yeah. So today's Tuesday, but, uh, yeah, on Wednesday it's the start of speed week out. So they, I got to give them credit. All the tracks kind of got together. And so you've got Spokane on Wednesday, uh, Thursday, Friday at Rasselcock, the outlaw, or then there's the, um, you know, the, the actual national on Saturday that nobody cares about. And then on Sunday, on the way out of town, uh, Lords of Dirt, um, which is at the Western Montana State Fair. So I think it's cool, man. Everybody's coming together and uh, rallying around, um, you know, the AFT uh, event so a lot of, yeah there's a lot of racing going on that's sick yeah a lot going on i also want to shout out the mile high showdown august 19th i am my motorsports complex in erie colorado do we have any colorado listeners i know we do if you're from colorado and you listen to the pod drop us a message on social media instagram or facebook i want to kind of see where where we're at with like our colorado listeners but they have a 1500 pro hooligan purse they're also adding some money to the expert classes. So any pro riders that are coming back from Castle Rock, you want to make some money on your way to Hagerstown, August 25th, 26th, stop in and do the Maha Showdown. Really, really excited about Hagerstown coming up. Like I just mentioned, it's August 25th, 26th, doubleheader. Just was at the facility today. Beautiful racetrack. We have a lot of really cool things planned for that event. We're giving away... $20,000 pro purse ourselves. I guess we got to call it expert technically at AMA events. So it's the expert, expert classes that's combined. Like we're giving away total out of all the classes, total 10,000 each day for, uh, for that. It's kind of like the limit and what I'm allowed to pay, but a lot of really cool events for Hagerstown. It's an AMA featured national. We're giving away number one plates to the overall winners. One of the most historic racetracks in the country and definitely one of the top top racetracks ever on the East coast. It's a really beautiful paper clipped, high banked clay, red clay, half mile in Hagerstown, Maryland. So if you have any questions on that, hit me up. I am the promoter, Corey Texter prom pr promos promotions. Forget what my social handle is, but find me. I'm easy to find. Uh, and then, yeah, would love to love to have you there as riders or spectators. want to give a shout out to mission foods for making this podcast possible. Also want to give a shout out to Yamaha motorsports and Yamaha racing Bell Power Sports, Indian Motorcycle, Moto America, Dunlop Motorcycle Tires. Big shout out to Jerry Stinchfield, Roof Systems of Dallas, Texas. 
everybody that keeps this pod going, we're going to keep this one kind of shorter ish, but want to get into this rewind, Eric, what do you have for me, man? Uh, holy shit. A lot happened. <laughs> um, I, yeah, it's crazy. Um, Cody came back and just said, uh, I'll see you later. I checked out. It was the haircut. He looked like a goddamn dinosaur. I uh, I can't pronounce the name of that dinosaur, but I shared it on social media. He, uh, that was an interesting look. But, that an uh, Ankylosaurus? The... Is that what it is? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you yeah. are a nerd. Yeah. Big you are dinosaur nerd. fan. <laughs> okay. So, uh, yeah, that's what he looked like. And then uh, over in the twins class, I know we're going to hop into the, the results, but man, yeah, we got a finish coming down on the twins class. It's going to be great. Yeah. And I sat down a little bit with some intentions of jotting. Like I, I usually watch the race and I have a pretty good memory, but I actually jotted up. My intention was to jot notes down as I was watching. And I only, I only have three notes. So the one well, hear them. <laughs> yeah. I just, I just, I don't know. I was so in, involved in the event and I didn't jot as many notes down as I wanted, but the one note I had, and it's actually from practice. Um, and we'll talk about the track prep here in a minute, but Tom drain had a massive save in practice. I don't know if you saw it, but I didn't know. dude, he was basically facing the other direction and gathered it back up and saved it. It was a huge save people listening. I know you guys saw it and that was probably the save of the year that I have. That was an incredible save. It was super sick. I, I don't know. Hopefully somebody got a photo of it because it would be an amazing photo but yeah big save from tom drain um overall man i wasn't too stoked on this being a day race um i thought it was a bad decision by those guys to make this a day race just simply i heard the reason was because um they wanted everybody to be able to go to the leonard skinner concert at the chip later and i just i thought that was a weird reason for sacrificing you know, a better racetrack, you know, to go to a Leonard Skinner concert. Um, that's, I always thought that was kind of weird, but that racetrack, it's usually not amazing during the day. And it's actually one of the most badass clay half miles in the country at nighttime. So when I saw it was going to run during the day, I'm like, Oh man, like this track is so good at nighttime, but I will say it was pretty decent for a day race. Now, emphasizing that last that last bit like for a day race it was okay but it was hard to pass you really couldn't get off the groove that much in the twins main the singles main it was a little bit a little bit better because it just looked more uh, wet i don't know if they watered it before the twins main for the singles they did for sure and it looked good longer i think they did water it both but for some reason the twins main it just didn't it wasn't as good as it was for the singles main they did what they could but I don't think you give yourself the best opportunity for track prep when you schedule a day race on a track like that. Um, I don't know. Your yeah, thoughts. No, I, th I think um, I know it was good for what they were going with. I mean, and you know, it was sunny and warm and it's in, you know, South Dakota and the sun just beat down on, but I thought overall it was a, a good racetrack. It put on a hell of a show with a lot going on in the season right now. Kind of going back to what you were saying about the rationale for why they had it when they did it be honest with you it just kind of sounds like that's their pr spin of shit the chip track wasn't coming together uh this is the only time that we can squeeze in to get this race so again it's you know whether or not i'm right it comes down to that's the perception that it gets off and 
I've said this multiple times that I, I sometimes think AFT can be a little, um, uh, they've got their blinders on for w- the decisions that they make. We know that I say it every week on this, they live in the gray area, but one of the things that I think they could do a better job is, you know, fielding those like out outsider opinions because you know they want to grow the sport but again so just maybe not being so blind to what does it look like when you make your decisions what is the softer gains and losses and the perception um because to me it just looked i'll be honest it looked like amateur like oh this is the only time that we can get in so this is what we're going to race and again whether or not that's true you can't always control the perception but you know that's why companies have pr people so I don't know, maybe I've been talking in circles, but what do you think about that? Because for me, it looked like ah, this is when they're telling us we can race. I don't know. What What do you think? I think it should have been a night race. I don't, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know, man. I mean, I think, uh, I don't, I, th- I don't think they like were restricted to the daytime. I just, the only excuse or not yeah. excuse, but the only reason I heard was because of the Leonard Skinner concert. And I thought that was just really like a dumb, a dumb reason because Anyone that's been to Sturgis, Sturgis is actually really, it's kind of far from Rapid City. I mean, from to get from yeah, Rapid yeah. City where the track is to get to Sturgis, it's it's to get to the chip at least. It's easily 45-minute drive from Sturgis to the chip. It's not like you're, you know, riding a scooter over to the chip to watch yeah. Leonard Skinner. It's a fucking mission to get over there. And-, and and honestly, like Rapid City is a big city, right? So there, there are like multiple, like what's the correct term? Um, kind of like blocks blocks and it's like not that big this of a part city. of town well i mean like i again you know i think there's that huge ass air force base in there there's like a lot of companies and businesses in rapid city like there's a lot going on in rapid city to where i think like i yeah i agree that the leonard skinner thing was just kind of like a that was a head scratcher yeah. um I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it is what it is. Honestly, the track, it was fine for what, what they decided yeah. with, but, but man, if you go back and watch the really good races from rapid city over the years, it's some of the best racing yeah. that we have all year. And we just were kind of cheated out of that because of the, of the day race, but it is what it is. It was really marbly and shitty in practice. And it honestly tracks like that. They have to be, they have to get worse before they get better. The groove has to get laid down. The marbles have to get pushed up. Uh, you know, honestly, it was one of the only times, well, that's not true. I was kind of wanting them to sweep it. Like, I don't know if they ended up sweeping it or not, but it was really marbly in practice. And I'm just like, man, they got to sweep the marbles off. And, but it ended up being all right. So hats off to the track crew for doing the best they could. And I just, I just would have liked to see a a night race there, but I think I've said that four times. So I'll move on (laughs) to, uh, let's go right into the, I know you got a bunch of notes. Let's kind of go through these single. Let's go through these main events a little bit quicker. And then we have some yep. other stuff to talk about. Uh, Cody Cobb took the win. Amazing, amazing ride from him. I was actually surprised with the win. I know Cody's a gamer. I talked to Cody quite a bit and I know what he has as far as mental toughness and things like that. I knew he would figure it out because he kind of sucked in his heat. And I'm like, I know I shot him a text message. I'm like, dude, you got to go you know do something figure it out like i said make some magic (laughs) i said make some magic dude you got to figure it out i mean he's got a huge points lead but wrap this fucking thing up like don't don't take it to the end just because you have a points lead uh and that's something i had to learn in these positions like dude if you have an opportunity to close it out close it out um take that stress off from castle rock to springfield it's a few weeks stretch 
you don't want to sit down and think about all the shit that could go wrong between then yeah. to Springfield. Yeah. Close it up, man. Go go for it now. And and he did. He rode so good. He rode with a lot of emotion. And I I give him shit sometimes about riding with emotion. Like, you know, he jerked his arms real hard down. He was getting himself fired up. And I actually think there's two ways you can go about that, showing emotion. You can show emotion when you're fired up, and you show emotion when you're kind of starting to deflate yourself. And there's riders who show emotion when they're sort of deflating themselves, you know, they, they start getting emotional. They don't, they don't channel it in a way that's positive. And Cody, he actually channels it in a way that is, is good. Like he uses that sort of to, to get himself going and great ride. That was one of the best rides I've seen all year long and, and well, well earned, well-deserved. And I, for a minute there, I didn't, I thought he was going to get him. And then I'm like, man, I, I think he fucking blew it. And, and then he squeaked it out and, and got the win. Amazing, amazing racing from Cody, Tom drain, no slouch really, really is impressing me. Um, nothing he, this kid does would surprise me at this point. He's far, far and above his experience right now in American flat track. And he's going to be a problem for, for years to come. And Trent Lowe, I, I thought maybe Trent had a shot. He had a really, really good heat race. Thought he had a shot. I was texting him a little bit and I was really proud. Honestly, he took a gamble. He switched his lineup to try and, try and close that gap to the two leaders. And it was actually getting worse. And usually a rider, they have a hard time making adjustments with their lines. And I've been frustrated with other riders this year. It's like, dude, make an adjustment. If you know they're pulling away or somebody's catching you, change what you're doing. And he absolutely changed his line. He went back to the bottom where it was working for him. Even though he saw the leaders up top, he tried it and he couldn't make it work just because they were making it work. Doesn't mean you can make it work. He made the adjustment, went back down and he, he pulled, uh, he pulled away enough to, to get that third place. Eric, I thought that was a really smart ride from Trent who honestly, he wouldn't have done that a couple years ago. He's come a long way. Yeah. And to go back to, uh, to Tom real quick, and I'm shooting from the hip right here. Um, can you off the top of your head, can you remember the last time, um, it was probably more recent than what my guess would be, but do you remember the last time a rider uh, won a race, got the whole shot, checked out, led every lap all the way to the end? Can you, off the top of your head, remember that? I want to say I didn't on a single or uh, <clears throat> yeah, not on a single, but I like just anything at the AFT level. I'm just trying to remember the last time because there was a like when he was in the lead, I was like, he's got this fucker start to finish in the bag. So, and then when I was sitting there on the couch, it was on my notes. I was going to ask you if you can remember uh, the last time a, a rider did that. Cause I was thinking, I was like, damn, it's gotta be pretty impressive. But obviously Cody, you know, used his new hairstyle and flicked down <laughs> as he was shifting and got super aggressive and, and won it. But we haven't had a lot of runaways, there. man. Like the last few yeah, years yeah. prior to this year, there, there have been some runaway wins in all three classes. And this year, we've, we've been pretty locked in with these, uh, with these battles. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I'd have to check my notes off the top of my head. I'm not, I'm not super, super certain. Oh, I mean, Bert, J, J, I'm JD, JD at Peoria, Bert, right? I mean, JD smoked on at Peoria and on the twin, but do what? Yeah. 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 But, you know, the, there's always that asterisk of like JD at a TT, you know, the old fuckers, they don't like, like to give JD credit. Cause Oh, it's just JD. He's, he's on a TT. That doesn't count. I'm like, shut up. You yeah, go the, spend a lap. At the Peoria. check, <laughs> the check still cashes the same, whether it's a TT Amen. or a short track. So, yep. um, 
Yeah, hats off to to those three. Uh, Max Whale in fourth, decent result. Uh, he's getting a lot of fourth place finishes. I, I'm sure he's annoyed with that, but no, a decent result for Max. Uh, Trevor Bruner he and looked, what's up? Well, let's hold on. Can we please take a moment? Oh, this, to, the do rag stash the do rag. You know, all the all season we've been talking about how we would love to see riders show their personality. That was funny. At, like that was yeah, hands down the funniest fucking <laughs> I can't even get through it because it just did my head so I just that the sport needs more of that asinine funny behavior like hats off Max like that was awesome yeah sorry that that definitely deserved a shout out I I, I was I thoroughly enjoyed that that was really funny so um yeah good good job Maxi uh Trevor Bruner in fifth mm. Well, he wasn't second for a while, right? I'm trying to think. I yeah, feel like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like him and Tom were were battling and just lost touch with that with that pack of riders. And it seems like with Bruner, like if he has a shot to like, you know, like drop the hammer earlier in the race, be super aggressive, throw fucking bows to get people out of his way, he's a problem. But then, like, if he'll open up a door or like somebody's there, like he just seems to kind of be that fifth through seventh spot. So. You kind of saw it last week when we had the restart and he was like, see you later. I'm done with, I'm still done playing around. And the last couple of weeks, he's gotten pretty good with some of these finishes, but this kind of seemed like almost a step backwards for him. What do you think about that? I mean, this kid's consistent. I mean, no matter if he has a good day or bad day, he's in the top, he's in the top six, top five, every race. Yeah. So, but I will say like, I'm looking at these intervals and he was 2.7 seconds back. So he must've really struggled with something there in the main event, but they didn't show a lot of that once we got going because of the battle at the front. So, but yeah, I mean, decent result. I, I don't know what we'll look at the points here in a minute, but he was second. So I don't, he might be third now with Draney up in second, but I, I have no idea, but decent ride for Trevor, you know, coming off a win, I'm sure he would obviously have liked to do better, but yeah, fifth is fine. Chase uh, looked really, really fast early on and, he kind of ended up struggling a little bit in the main event as well. I, I was expecting him after like practice and stuff. And they mentioned that Jared Meese is rider coaching him. I thought that was interesting. And I was really surprised like Meese would take that on. Um, you know, I've, I've never, it's not a knock on Jared, but I've never heard of Jared really taking anybody under his wing so much. I mean, he kind of focuses on his own stuff. And I mean, that's why he's got so many championships. He doesn't take on any added shit. Like he's really focuses on, on what he's doing. But I thought that was interesting that they said on the broadcast. Well, there was a moment least, a couple of years ago, um, they did an interview with Mies and he, he, he had talked openly about how at the beginning he and Briar were rather close and he would kind of help him give him pointers or whatever. Yeah, that's true. A yeah. rider coach. But as soon as Briar got good, he was like, fuck you. And like, told him to get to the curb and said, we got a, we got a battle for a point, a championship here. So no, I mean, anytime yeah. I've ever asked Mies for a question, he's always been open with advice and, and stuff like that. But um, yeah, I just thought that was interesting that, that Bigelow reached out with uh, to Mies about rider coach and chase when, you know, Mies is in like a heated battle for, a record breaking title and he took on added added work there. But I think it's great. I think I would love to see more riders give back to the to the kids and the up and comers to um to help them out. So I thought that was really cool. Uh moving on to Declan Bender with a seventh. I I thought this was a, a this was a season changing uh result for him getting himself back into the points battle. 
I think he's been the more consistent rookie this year. He's been in more main events, I, I think, without looking. He's had more consistent results than Eisenhard. Eisenhard came out of the out of the year really strong at Daytona, and he's a good rider. But I feel like Declan's been a little bit more consistent, and he needed something like this. I actually texted him. I like Declan. He's a pretty nice kid. Um, me and his dad have gotten in a few arguments over the years, but I really like Declan. He's he's pretty rad. You wanna, uh, he's growing on me. To, <clears throat> Go you ahead. want me to ask him? He's I'm looking at Declan right now. He's <laughs> he's earning his keep right now. Well, I texted him. Hey. I told him. I said, "Hey, hey Declan, I said sixteenth's not going to cut it, dude. I mean, if you want to, you got four races left to close this this rookie of the year standings, and you know, two or three points in these main events isn't going to cut it. You got to get you got to get a good chunk of points, and and now it's interesting, man. It it could get interesting here at the end of the year, and that's a really good result for him. He's ahead of a Absolutely. you know he finished ahead of a lot of a, a lot of really good riders on this track." Um, the only downfall of of that result is is just I didn't didn't realize how far back they were. I mean, they're seven seconds off these top yeah. riders. And did you watch the? I don't know if you paid attention to uh, the scoring, but on the broadcast, um, there was actually a couple mistakes. But the first one was for Declan. They had him in last place, down a lap the entire time. So um, I don't know what was going on if there, you know, if some of the other writers that had their times all messed up on the broadcast. No, I'd be interested. But yeah, I was like, shit, he broke off the first lap, but then it just kind of stuck there. And then when I looked at the results, I was like, oh, that was all that's wrong. There was a number of writers that they're what they were showing on TV was wrong. So, but hey, yeah. at least they had that infrared shot. So we know what's going on. <laughs> I texted you. I'm like, what the fuck? They keep showing this. This is the, this is stupid. It's not that, it's not that interesting, guys. It's just like it looks like a filter. Uh, Cruz and Amber just are like, I can make that filter with my phone. It's like I don't know. It's whatever. Whatever <laughs> makes Arnold Schwarzenegger and the Predator. Yeah, 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 that was funny. But yeah, good result. I mean, really good result for for Declan. I think that's his obviously. I think is his career best, and he got a good chunk of points there. So. Good job for him making this rookie of the year deal interesting. I, I still I still feel Draney's rookie of the year though. And I, I think Kristen mentioned it once, like, yeah, he's leading rookie of the year points. So they had uh Kevin Crowther on and Scotty straight up asked Kevin, he's like, So I think Draney should be rookie of the year, but he's not. Can you kind of walk through it? And and he was like, Yeah, so the reason is paragraph blimp. And so I, when he, the, the, the way that he like started off the conversation about how he was like, it felt like he was going to give some um, in-depth like explanation as to why AFT's made this call, but he was just like, it's in the book. <laughs> I, yeah, like, and I, uh, I know uh, it's in the book. Okay. Like I'm sure he's listened to me <laughs> rant about it on the pod and I know it's in the book, but that's a dumb rule. Like I think, yeah, you, I think they should. If it was my rule book, which they're probably thankful it's not, I would give them three races. Like I would give a a period of of three races, one year. Like you can't do three races three years in a row and then be rookie of the year your fourth year. I think your first year, if your birthday's like middle of the year, like say your birthday's in June and you want to run half a season, you know, but you don't want to sacrifice your you know rookie of the year possibilities let them run three races just to get the, the, the feel of the program, increase your rider count, create some excitement. Maybe after amateur nationals, say the horizon award winner turns 16 and in, in like uh, the end of July and you bump them up, give them a three race period. The, the fact that Draney did one race is just, that's just it's stupid. Like it's, there's no, it is. I, I don't, it just, I don't it like, like 
to me, you know, you and I are both big baseball fans. Like to me, I, I like I've said this before, where it's like a September call up on a high draft pick. What does it do late in the season? It builds a lot of excitement up for a fan base and they can just come back next year and go for rookie of the year. I just, I mean, sit here and think how many more entries would we have at Springfield if we allowed the kids that have turned 16 from grands that, I mean, they're no slouches. It's not like a safety thing with some of these, like, you know, the Evans and Bradens and like all those kids that were at, you know what I'm saying? I just think yeah. like, you'd have a lot of more entries and it'd be awesome at the end of the season. It's already a big thing going on. I don't, I don't know. Maybe we're just thinking too much marketing and not enough common sense or something. I don't know. I don't think that's it, but yeah, going to the next two, <laughs> Uh, two California kids who I, 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 I've always like messed these two up because they're both from California. Their name starts with T. <laughs> I used to always mix them up. I know the difference now, but I just think it's funny. They finish like right next to each other. Travis Petten, my, uh, my, my, that's my guy. I, I actually, I'm a fan of, of this kid. He, he rides really well and he's going to get better every year. And he's always there, man. He's always right there. He's on the cusp, man. I want to see so, him get up in that top tier of guys. He's got potential. What do you got? He texted me this week and we were just like having like an in-depth talk and stuff. And, you know, I just got to give him so much credit because he just has such a big heart for this sport. And he was just like, God, I just, you know, I know him in that middle tier, but it's just like, you know, what do I got to do to like get that big ride for the, you know, the next step? I want to do this for a living every year. And I was like, that is awesome. And I, and I was like, what the hell do I know? I'm just an amateur having <laughs> fun on a podcast, but it's like your heart and your determination is what's going to get you that next step. And I was like, just keep paying your dues, man. Like, that's what this sport needs is those kids that are like, you know, we make jokes about like, oh, you've got to buy a van, live in your van and go to every race. And, you know, you've got to like, you know, beat the pavement. But there is truth to that. And he's shown that he wants to make it work. He's a privateer from BFE, California. You know what I'm saying? Just like out here. And he seems dedicated too. Like a lot of these kids are goofing around. They're dicking around. They're getting hammered on the weekends. And I'm not going to call anybody out specifically, but you know, they're, they're screwing off more than they're not. And they'll make one, you know, a one main event a year. They'll get, you know, they'll have, they'll get 16th and you know, they're, they talk about how they're pro riders and they want to, you know, whatever, but they're not putting the work in and that's why the results suck. It's not rocket science. At least, at least when you put the work in and if you suck, at least, you know, you're doing all you can do. So yeah, I don't see that from this kid, man. I mean, he's, he's, he's definitely putting the work. I mean, I'm sure he has fun. He's not a robot. You know, I don't, I'm not saying you can't have fun, but you also got to, you got to put the work in. And uh, yeah, I think this, I think he's a good kid and I know he listens to some of the podcasts. So that's, that's always a positive. We appreciate that, but yeah, he's I I just a shout out to to Travis and also a shout out to Taryn Santero. Uh, I know he you know, know he's a, so he's I a, call Taryn uh the the Walmart mafia like him and and Damon and uh Birdsong all those nerds they like always like powwow at Walmart parking lots uh, the night before races or whatever. So I gotta give uh he's he's a part of that crew and he's hilarious and. And shout out to that new fancy uh race suit that he got so a top 10 man that's that's good right there and then we got another californian uh, a little bit shorter than the other two but james ott finishing 11th which honestly i was a little surprised i thought james would have he would have did a lot better on this kind of racetrack it's 
You know, he's podiumed on a couple of these racetracks earlier in the year. He's in a little bit of a funk, it seems, but he's obviously proven he's a good rider. But um, just looking for some more consistency out of James if he wants to be, again, in that next tier of riders, those top eight riders. I think we skipped over Dalton, Gautier, and eighth. I don't know if we talked about Dalton, but... no. No, yeah, we did. We did. Uh, another and, uh, in, in in my notes, we need so his mechanic, you may or may not know uh his name. His name's Rob. Um his uh outfit. Um that was a fit. That was an absolute fit. I don't know, was that just because he's on tour in Sturgis? But uh props for walking out in public in that, Rob. <laughs> yeah. And then they went out after the race. I saw him uh shotgunning some beers, him and Dalton and Chad having, you know, they were they were having a they were living the Sturgis dream. Uh, but as far as the result, I mean, Dalton's he's proven he's great on these kind of racetracks. So it, it was definitely weird. I mean, eighth isn't horrific, but just he's, you know, yeah. 7.78 seconds off, off these top riders. So yeah, I just, I'm bummed for Dalton. Like I, I, I know he's so talented. I just, I want him to get up in there and, and make use of that. So I don't know what he's struggling with, but I'm hoping he can, you know, I think he'll be good, pretty good at Castle Rock here and, um springfield's a toss-up i mean again it's a mile it's a horsepower track but dalton's he's he's won springfield on a twin before and but yeah i'm rooting for you man i I hope he can have a good result here toward the end of the year uh going into 12th another rider morgan i mean no matter if he wins or gets 12th or 18th he's always kind of has the same facial expressions and just i don't know i yeah more (laughs) i think morgan has has he won at rapid city i know he's been on the podium but just yeah yeah he's been he's been off uh chad coast another rider who you know i thought i thought we would have done better at this one and sort of just struggled i haven't actually heard from chad i've I've been texting him to see i was like you know i'm sure he's a little bummed out i would think with with that result but yeah i just i'm not sure not sure what what they struggled with hunter bauer fred durst and 14th it must be a canadian thing the the fitted hats man because i was watching the fans choice coverage from they had Ah, what's the track? Flamesboro? Is that the track name? What was the track they raced at this weekend? It's on Fan Choice. Do you watch oh, it? Oh yeah, because I, I Flamesboro. What the fuck is this? I think it's Fla- no. Flamesboro. Yeah, it is. Is it? Yeah, Flamborough. Yes. Flamborough Downs. Flamborough Downs. Anyway, it's flamboyant. Yeah, <laughs> it's your kind of track, <laughs> huh? I. Uh... <laughs> I, uh, Washington shit, man. No, I, I went on and I watched that and they do rider introductions and stuff. And there was like three riders with fitted baseball hats. And, uh, that's, you just don't see that, right? Everyone in America, this is they're on the snap on thing. And I love Canada for keeping the, keeping the nineties going these, these fitted hats, but Hunter Bauer low key is pretty good on these clay tracks. It's kind of the, the narrative for Canadian riders is that they're only good on cushions, but if you look at riders like Doug Lawrence and riders like that over the years, they, they've been really good on these clay tracks as well. I think it's cause they run that looks like a slippery piece of shit. Uh, Welland, I think it's called, uh, <laughs> yeah, 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 they run that Welland track a lot and, and Hunter Bauer low key, he, he can get it done on these kind of racetracks. So it's, uh, it's cool to see him in the mix. He's, he seems like a, a few times I've talked to him, he seems like a pretty good kid and want him yeah. to do well. And we need it like, the fact that he's a Canadian, he's running our whole circuit. That's really cool. We need, we need that. Yeah, especially because he's as a Canadian, he is at a disadvantage because they are um, not on our level as Americans. So, no, I'm right. Just Sorry, guys. Yeah, yeah. Well, they do they does he speak English or is it Canadian? 
What's the language? I think he up there? has a. Uh, I think they speak with a lisp. No, Portuguese. Yeah, was, like, yeah. yeah, speech impediment. That's what it is. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> we have some Canadian listeners. Uh, we appreciate you guys. I'm actually coming up there in a few weeks. So don't fucking don't come. Yeah, because you don't have to get on an airplane. You could have been over in Manchester with uh, with uh, Albert, Sammy, but yeah, but you're uh, scared yeah. of airplanes. Yeah. If only you knew somebody that knew a lot about airplanes and safety. Um, one of my best friends is a pilot for united kent uh grimmel i the the tt track i ride at all the time he literally flies four days a week for united he flies big ass jets and i'm i'm getting better about the fact but no it wouldn't have mattered anyway i the fim thing i'll get into that in a future podcast but that whole deal is it's it's actually way more complicated than than you think so it's cool that sammy went over and uh, shout out to Sammy. I know we're getting off topic, but he got third and they, they raced in the rain uh, overseas. They don't, they don't give a fuck, dude. They will race in the <laughs> rain and, and Halberg got third. And actually uh, Irvin, they did one of the dudes that rented the first impressions bike for Daytona. He got second. He, he beat Sammy and he finished second. I don't know who the fuck won. I don't know who that guy was, but uh, hats off to, to that guy for, for winning. <laughs> I don't know who he was, but yeah, they're not slow over there. They, they are very sandy. Nope, yep. Sandy riders, but yeah, it was, it was cool. Uh, Rooster Evans in 15th, Tyler Raggio 16th, Logan Eisenhardt 17th, Landon Smith. So 18th, I, I, well, I got to go to my notes. I got to go to my notes here. Can we talk about, I'm going to call it Eisenhardt gate 2023, where he comes screaming onto the, uh, the track going backwards down, you know, the front stretch to get in line. And I did my homework. And the staging persons, like one person was telling him, no, fuck you. You missed your shot. The other person saying go. And if someone, if I, if I don't care how many, if 17 people are telling me no, but one person says, yeah, you're good. I'm going. So it's not like the knock on him, but again, what we talk about every week with the gray area with AFT and um, I'm just looking at Chad and he's got to be saying you, what in the flying fuck is going on here? Um, I don't know if you, you want to bite your tongue on this one because it's your team or whatever, but I'm sitting here like, how, how do you explain that to fans? Like, Oh no, the gates closed for this one, but next week it's not, I don't know. Am I stirring the pot here? I'm not even going to give them my time of day on that. I mean, it's just, it's just <laughs> stupid. I, it, it's just, they, the inconsistency is, is kind of the argument from day one. And I'm just going to stick with that. I mean, it is, it is what it is. Yes, I don't, I don't want him to not be able to race, but at the same time, like yeah. maybe we could be consistent. It's a professional series. So anyway, moving on, uh, like I said, uh, Landon Smith, a lot of triple digits toward the back of this main event here. I don't know which ones took provisionals. I think it was actually caught and it took a provisional. Uh, but yeah, the, it was cool to, I think there, this might be the one we've had with the most triple digits, maybe Daytona. We might've had more. I had to check my notes. So but. Th- how many, cause Landon, he's made a couple, but weren't they all miles? I don't know which one yeah. I've made. I mean, I so I'll, congratulations to him. And then Aiden, out. this is his uh, second. And I mean, he didn't do Peoria, right? But the last two races that Aiden Brown has entered, he's made main. So it's, it's, well, he t- I think Aiden took a provisional. So technically he didn't make the main, but he got, oh, he, he was the in the main event. Yeah. I think one of oh, them yeah. took provisional. I think it was Aiden because I'm pretty sure he lined up last. Um, okay. I don't know. I just have this thing where, if you're lining up any worse than like 14th, you shouldn't be happy. I don't know. Maybe I'm just a dickhead. No, but all no these, you're right. 
they look so stoked to be lining up 19th. But if you see somebody like Shayna or, you know, somebody, I don't know, like Shayna, especially, I can just see it on her face when she's had a, a tough day and she's lining up 17th and the crowd goes wild. She's just, she'll crack a smile for like a, a, a millisecond and then it's right back to like, <laughs> so I don't know. And, that, and I think that's another thing that kind of goes back towards, um, you know, you, depends, depends once your you start are. making main events. Yeah, exactly. You've yeah. got to know this is where I want to be. And also like, once you start making main events, you got to start believing in yourself. Like, God damn it. I'm a professional athlete. I, I, I better be in every main event. So that's the expectation, not the goal. If that makes sense. Like, that's kind of like just how I'm wired. Like, you yeah. know, I, once I start making mains, it's like, I, you know, even in the GNHC series, like my expectation is to make the main event. I mean, it's not the fucking goal. And that's yeah. just, I don't know. I think it's perspective too. I think it's depends on your mechanic, who you're being coached, who you're hanging out with during the week. I mean, if you're hanging out with a bunch of people who don't have, you know, a strong goal mindset, then it's, you're not accustomed to that. Like growing up for me, I, I didn't have that. I didn't have anybody pushing me, getting me motivated, you know, something that I had to figure out on my own, but if you're around people that have similar goal mindsets and your mechanic or your rider coach or whoever's kind of steering that ship, you know, that's, it rubs off on the rider and they kind of develop that mindset that they, you know, and I'm not, I'm trying not to knock, knock these kids, man. I just, I want them to kind of just understand that what it takes to, to get where you want to be. I mean, it's possible. They're all talented riders. You know, if anything, it's not talent that separates the rider that finishes third from the rider that finishes 18th it's just the work and the mindset i mean people can talk about they need a faster bike or whatever but you know there's been i know i know for a fact there's been stock motorcycles that have finished on the podium on a half mile this year in the singles class stock with a pipe i'm not going to get into details but there there was you know i don't like to hear the bike thing i mean on the mile yeah i get it but uh on these other tracks you, you can get the job done with what you have um so anyway Moving on to the twins. Let's like, we're trying to keep this shorter ish, but uh, you want to, you want to take a stab on these top three and then I'll chime in. Sure do. Jared Meese laid the hammer down. Was, um, I mean, you kind of, it's a half mile, right? He's the new half mile King. He's uh, he's got the record. Um, I guess uh, he'd had enough. Dallas had that sniff on the last half mile, um, but congratulations to, uh, to Jared. But then we've got Dallas who gets second. And, you know, we kind of talked about this, you know, jokingly last week about would JD get out of the way? Would he this? Would he that? And I'll be honest, um, you know, every week I like to put my conspiracy hat on. And, and this time I, I just think it looked, again, perception, like JD was like, what's the difference for me between second or third? Go get more points to Dallas. Um, and so that's what I'm thinking. I, I think it was a team effort. And again, there are times they're teammates, so whatever, but that's just, uh, mm, what, I don't know if you had any, uh, views. I don't or, think uh, your thoughts on I, that. I don't think that's a crazy thought. Again, I think if it was a win, no, first to second, yeah. I think that's a big difference. Like, I don't think JD's going to slow up and let Dallas get around him, especially not for yeah. a win, but something like that, where, yeah, I mean, it, it helped Dallas out a ton. I mean, if JD passes yeah. Dallas, that's 
I think what is that three points? That's a at this point in the the game that that yeah. could be a game changer. So yeah, I think JD especially was especially with the new points breakdown of like 25, 21, 18, right? If you yeah, went back to points. like last year and stuff, it's a little different. So yeah. Yeah, I don't think that's unfair. And I don't think it's unreasonable for JD or Dow. I mean, I don't think that's Hell no, yeah. something. I mean, if 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 JD like in Supercross, we've seen riders pulling over, giving up a win for points. I think that sacrifices the integrity. But if you got a teammate, obviously, I mean, I'd I would probably help my teammate to an extent like that, but I'm not giving up a win, like I've said, for anybody. I mean, if you can get a win in this sport, you take yeah. it. Uh, but yeah, yeah I, I would agree. Cruise off the track if he comes around. I don't know if I'd punt him, <laughs> but I definitely would. Yeah, I'd probably punt him if, it, if you know, for a win. <laughs> um, Watch out, Timonium Indoor. <laughs> when we were younger at New York Indoors, me and Shana used to race the same class. And remember one one race, I like... I barely rubbed into her and my dad freaked out. You're that's the way you're going to ride her. I'm like, dude, it's like, I barely hit her. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, it, things have been known to get spunky, but no, I, yeah, I mean, good ride for Jared. This is right up his alley, right up his team's alley. The motorcycle looked great. And all day long, he was in complete control, you know, and, and I don't think he was pushing in the main event. I think he just did what he had to do, manage the gap. And because realistically across the line, it was only 1.3 seconds, but, but honestly, it probably could have been two, three seconds if he, if he dropped the hammer the whole time, but yeah, he's very, very smart at managing the race. And I, this was big for Jared. It was big for Dallas. I mean, there was a point in the race where, Dallas was mixing it up. There's like four or five guys there. And sometimes I feel like, man, Dallas might, he might not get on the podium. And then he, he just flips the switch, figures it out and he, he gets it done. I mean, win or lose for Dallas, this has been a very good season for him. And I think the pressure's on Nice, really. I mean, he's coming down in his career. Dallas probably wasn't expecting maybe to be in this position this early in his twins career. If he wins it, I think it's a bonus. If he loses it, well, you lost to Jared. I mean, that, what are you going to do? So, yep. but I know the team, they, I, I can, I'm sure the money they've invested in that team and the haulers and the infrastructure and the, you know, the employees, like they have, I don't know how many employees they have. They have over a dozen employees at least yep. uh, it seems like. So yeah, they want to win and it's going to be interesting for sure. Yeah, man, they've got Dallas plugged into that computer because we know Dallas is a robot and they are downloading so much data into that machine so he can come out of Castle Rock and do, 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 and he's impressive. You know, get, yeah, he is. He's How old is Dallas? He's got to be. He's a year older than Cody, isn't he? So he's like 20, be 20 or 19 or 20, man. And if you look at kids in the singles class that are, are his age, just like where he's at, it's, it's just he's impressive. 20. He's he turned uh born in 20 uh, uh 20 what is it 2003 yeah 2000 yeah because he's 20 yes yeah, so 2003 20 yeah that that's just crazy i mean it's great i mean yeah he's he's so impressive it's uh it's cool to watch it's gonna be a fun rest of the year <laughs> just like to look back and think about what the hell i was doing when i was at 20 years old it's definitely not <laughs> at the level that he's at making so in the cool razzles man uh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, they those top three, they were the class of the field. They, I mean, fourth place, Davis Fisher was 9.7 seconds behind. Davis quietly having his best season in this class looked looked really good all day. It's just his starts are just not there. He just needs to get he needs to get better starts. <laughs> I, I'm sure he's doesn't want to hear that. I mean, he he knows he's he's realistic. You know he's, he's listening right now. Davis, get it done. 
get it done man dude if you get if you get in the mix early you can hang with these guys like you've proven you have the oh, speed yeah. i mean looking at your best lap you're less than a tenth off of jd and dallas's best lap i mean your best lap is 23.12 they're 23.090 i mean dude you're right there and yeah it's, it's just it's tough because yeah anyway we can talk about whole shots later too i had a whole shot tobacco over the weekend but mm -hmm. uh, i'm ready to say that <laughs> yeah we'll talk about that later we'll get through this uh cameron smith let's go baby fucking a yeah, Top five. that was awesome love to see it want to see more of it he looked really poised really i mean dude on these kind of tracks he's fast like i've i've went bar to bar with him on these kind of racetracks and i've squeaked out some wins like i think that weed sport race i got him with like two laps to go and he's 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 good he's a good rider he's he, yeah, he they were saying out. on the podcast about how this was like his career best finish, and we all know the truth of that statement. And I'm not going to get on my soapbox about why it was taken away, but that's so dumb. Oh, Sorry, the win! You talking about the win? Yeah. Well, he's podium yeah. in production twins. Well, yeah, he's but, podium you know, like OKC twins, mile. So. Yeah, super twins. Yeah. So yeah, uh, this congratulations! Is a... Just he's so good, though. He's so good. Yeah, it was good, man. It was cool to see. I mean, Cameron's always been a good rider. I just think he, and don't take this the wrong way, Cameron, he, he's a little sloppy sometimes. Um, he's one of the best riders I've seen from like lap one to lap six. And then he, he's been prone to make mistakes, but if he can tighten up. Would you say that's like overriding? Like he'll see something and try too hard and like you kind of see mistakes or just not um, um, so consistency? With so I don't, I don't go full in depth on these podcasts. I, I save a lot of info for, for other reasons, but I'll drop some knowledge on here with Cameron and he can take it or, or not take it. It looks like Cameron rides with a lot of upper body and it, it just looks like, yeah, when he rides sort of, he rides with a lot of urgency. And sometimes I think if he would kind of calm down once the race gets going, like in the beginning of the race, you want to kind of ride like that. Like you want to, you want to be Cameron Smith, that intensity early on set the tone. But once it shakes out a little bit during the race, lap five to lap 12, you got to kind of gather it back down. Like your heart rate spikes and then you got to gather it back down. And he just has always been known sort of, I think making little mistakes, but so when he goes when back he, to, when he doesn't make when those he, mistakes, he is very, very good. Well, it goes back to like, you know, everybody will like give, you know, certain riders shit because they're like out there, you know, jump roping and stuff. But there's a science behind before you do an athletic competition, you already want your heart rate up, right? 100%. You don't want, yeah. you don't want to hit the field or hit the track and have that be what's bringing your heart up because then mistakes like that start to make. So there's a science behind that of like, get that fucker pumping before you go out and execute because then well, you're already yeah. at the elevation and then yeah. you can start to hit your vibe. Well, you don't want to shock your heart by your heart rate or which all in return, it shocks you mentally. Uh, when you go out from a right, like you can't sit around in your chair and then go out and just spike your heart rate to 200, 190, you know, you got to, you yeah. got to, yeah, get warmed up. Like for me, when I run like a half marathon, I'll run two miles to warm up. Everyone's like, you're going to wear, you're going to wear yourself out. It's like, dude, I always run better. Yep. Once I warm up my, you know, my heart rate, it's not, I'm not shocked. My body's not shocked. It's, it's ready to go out. And that's, yeah, just, it's just the old school way with, of thinking with racing and people, they can make fun of, like, I, I always warmed up and, 
you know, yep. Robbie, Bobby, whoever would take videos. And I'm like, I don't give a fuck. You take all the videos you want. This is, this is a proven thing. You can thing. poke it's the bear important. if you want. <laughs> so, um, no, I, I, Cameron is, his talent level is, is on par with some of the best in the sport. And if he can kind of, it's just a race craft, a little bit of race craft stuff. If he can figure that out, he, this is not a surprising result for his talent level. Um, yeah. and that the equipment looked good. I want to give a shout out to my, my really good friend, one of my best friends, Johnny Long, he actually helped prep Cameron's bike prior to this race. And uh, I know Cameron has, he's had some help with uh, the, the guy's name is Jeremy and, and they've, they've really grinded out a lot of work on these motorcycles and, and, uh, and Johnny came in and he helped as well. And, and Cameron's got some people that really want to see him succeed. And I'm proud of you, man. I'm proud of you, Cam. I, I call him Cammy. He doesn't like it. <laughs> it's like when I call him Cammy, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm stoked for you, Cameron. And, you have the ability to be where you are. And I'm glad to finally see it come to come to shine, man. So keep after it, do it again. And let's see, uh, let's see you get up on the podium next. So hats off to Cameron, another fellow Pennsylvania guy, B Rob getting sixth. He was in the mix early. Like I'm looking at his best lap time. It was a 22 nine, which is actually better than Dallas and JD, but yeah, just struggled a little mid race with the sixth, Colby in seventh, Decent ride for Colby, honestly, right? I mean, that was yeah, no, it's not a bad um, ride at all. No, exactly. It's because he was just on the podcast, so um, you know, <laughs> we have, we definitely have a um, you know aura a aura about us, and we rub off on the uh, the riders. So if you guys want to yeah. do well, if you're in a podcast, slump, definitely come on. Yeah, Mark Marquez, <laughs> any of those guys, you're struggling. <laughs> want to come on the pod <laughs> nah he he that was a good result for him the the track actually looked really good for for that motorcycle i mean i can look at the kind of surface and and jared meese he even said on the podium that or at one point the track was abrasive and the gng bike whenever the track's abrasive i'd i'd be frothing like i'd be sitting there and just <laughs> stoked to go out yeah, but speaking of meese he had really good insight about how there was there was there was grip out there but if you were too aggressive on the throttle, it would just break loose in that. So he was talking about being, you just had to be a surgeon on that throttle to really utilize that traction. So I thought that was great insight. Yeah. Yeah. So good ride for Colby, pretty decent ride for Johnny Lewis and eighth. Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't know how much more on that. I mean, that was a pretty decent result eighth, right? So good result for, yep. for JL 10, Jared Vanderkoy in ninth. Um, he, I think he was up in the mix a little bit better than that. I think he might have been in that battle for a minute, but ended up ninth. Bronson ended up finishing yep. 10th, which not a bad result. I mean, I saw them have issues throughout the day. Like he was parked on the side of the track yeah. a few times. <laughs> like so. Every single time he went out there, it was like two times in a row. And the one time he had to ride back because it was just like locked up. But well, he picked the bike up. Did you see him? He like, he, <laughs> he like picked it up himself and just big strong threw, guy threw it up in the trailer yeah big strong guy uh bronson is really fucking strong he's he's got like special strength man he he's strong he's a strong kid <laughs> yeah. so bronson's uh, special that's right yeah we love brombo <laughs> he's a he's a good egg uh ben lau in 11th briar in 12th now this he had a mm-hmm. tough time um i'm not sure what happened We've, uh, we had some stuff going on in our family. They actually, Shana lost her dog. We've had uh, our dog, Agio is 16 years old. Her, her dog, she got it when it was a puppy and the, the dog Agio actually passed away on Saturday. 
at, uh, while they were at the race, my mom actually told him after the race. So I haven't, we haven't talked too much about the race cause it's not super important right now, but he had some issues. He was visibly pissed off at the racetrack and the heat race. He was trying a high line. There was nothing there to bite. It was dry. You could tell he was frustrated when he came off the track. Briar lives and dies by the sword. Sometimes he, he is very entertaining to watch. He will not sit behind and just take a fourth or take a third. He'd rather try something and finish fifth than sit there. And that's what, as a fan, you should just love that about Briar. He, he will try something. And if it don't work, he will finish 12th. He will not sit in. He will not two wheel the racetrack. If he doesn't, if it's, you know, he's not going to settle in and just sit there for 20 laps. He's going to take a stab at it and it didn't work out. So I don't know if they had some issues with the bike or, it looked like maybe he lost brakes. He kept blowing the blowing the groove or blowing the the entrance. But yeah, tough tough result for them because they've had a really good string of races here. But I know they are testing some things on the motorcycle for next year. I know they mentioned Wally Brown's helping the team out. And they're trying some different parts and settings. So yeah, could have been something where quote unquote missed the setup. But just sucks sucks for Briar to to kind of have that result. Um, yeah, they, they, they were chasing setup all day. They, they probably learned a lot though. Yeah. Hopefully he learned a lot. I don't want to see him get 12th again. So <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, a, I mean, as, as good as Briar is to get 12th, that's, that's insane. So, uh, and then again, like Henry Wiles, another rider who, you know, 13th, um, just a really, a really weird result for Henry to, to be, yeah, I thought he would have done better for sure. Yeah. I just don't think Henry, like on, even on his worst days, there's no way he's a 13th place guy. So I don't know if he's, I, I, I don't talk to Henry, so I don't know if he loves the motorcycle, if he's comfortable where he's at some weekends we've seen so far on his return. He looks great. He's in the mix. He's in the dash. He's, you know, six, seven, ninth, eighth. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. This is, I mean, he's 21 seconds off. Yeah. So, you know, yeah yeah that's and especially riding an ftr 750 those those bikes you know i i would ride that on this track for sure it's a you know typically it's a a bike that works well on these kind of racetracks so Mm -hmm. tough result for henry but you know we got a tt coming up i i don't know if he's pre-entered for castle rocky i'm sure he is i can look at that in here in a second but uh moving on to 14th casey cisco little dicey this week casey had some pretty solid lap times and qualifying i think i seen him in 10th at one point so yeah, it was cool to see some some speed out of Casey Cisco on the XG. Yeah, that was probably the best he's looked all season. I was it's that was on my notes too. It's like he's not a bad yeah, rider. No, he's not. No, 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 he's not a bad no. rider. So I know he has some bike issues, and they're a small team. But no, this was cool. A good, uh, solid show showing of speed for Casey Ryan Wells. He looked really dicey as well in like the heat race. Um, he was mixing it up fourth, fifth place. Uh, but yeah, 15th place for Wellesley. Uh, we got Cody Moonrocks and 16th. I, I love seeing Cody in the mix. It was, it was cool to see him. I think he might've used the provisional maybe, but anyway, it's cool to he see. He was uh, McAllister that used his. Oh fuck. Yeah. Yep. You're right. <laughs> All right. So Moonrocks and 16th, uh, Scooter Vernon, really cool to see Scooter Vernon out there and, uh, Austin Helmholtz. It was cool to see him back in the mix he took a few years off so it's really cool to yeah he's been coming out to uh spokane he he hasn't been out to spokane in a number of years and he just showed up uh coming to the local races and uh he just got back to winning and i've been asking him i was like you know you 
plan on coming out and he was like yeah 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 i'm gonna start coming out so it's it's cool to see him back out on the circuit for sure for sure michael hill cool to see him get in the uh main event he's had a, a kind of a tough year michael hill has but it's cool to yeah he was on uh, a different bike this weekend yeah yeah was it the yacht was it the yami was it the mt it looked like yeah now MT-07. he's back on uh yeah he's back on the mt07 ah, um cool. i know he made that post about need a new ride so i don't know if he and uh mcgrain racing went their separate ways but it's good to see him back on the uh he's uh he's a character so it's good to see him out there yeah he's a funny kid man i i actually really like michael i I want him to succeed in this he's he's got some skills man i've seen him up in the mix so hopefully he can put some work in and and get back up there with with some of these boys ahead of him he won a heat race last year yeah he did he won rapid city yeah he rode he rides this track really well so uh yeah just got to get some confidence back and some consistency consistency and be able to put it together for a whole main event, you know, it's, it's definitely possible. And then Jim McAllister. Yeah. I'm not, it's kind of weird, honestly, to, I don't fucking know. I don't know, man. I mean, good job, I guess, but, and I don't, I don't dislike the guy. I just, I don't know. I, I just, again, I think it's crazy. They would give a pro license to, to rich King uh, guys with, you know, and I, I don't fucking know. Anyway, sorry, Jimmy. I, it's not nothing against you, dude. I just, I don't know. Anyway, so moving on. And to go to uh, on over to the ladies, they were in. Want to give a shout out to Zaria. She finally got her first uh, win of the year. Oh, God, she's been so close every round, and so um, I mean, she races like a lot, and you know, outside of the series. So she she doesn't want to just do BTR and like that be it. Like she has goals and aspirations and to see her finally get past Morgan who had her pro license and was good and stuff. Like I felt like that put Zaria on the map for kind of like the next stuff. Like, I mean, she's still young. Right. So um, I just wanted to give like a special shout out to her um, because I know how much she tries and she cares. And it's always good to see people get rewarded. Yeah. That was a good race. Actually, Morgan, man, she was back on like, fourth fifth place for a while and she really put on a charge there at the end to try and win the thing and it was four hundredths of a second but i really like zaria she always supports my races winter throwdown and she's always been super cool she spent some time here hanging out with us and we like zaria so it was cool to see her get a win why i also really like morgan i've known morgan a really long time and her family they're the greatest shout out to uh to carrie and her pops and everybody, man, they're, they're a good family. It was cool to see uh, her win the championship and finish a really close second, second place. And Shasta, man, that was really cool to see her get in the mix. She really stepped it up here. It was a three rider race earlier on in the season and she made it a four rider race here. These last few events. So this, this program was was good for her and it was cool. So that's what the BTR has really missed. I would say is like, they, it seems like every year they've had that one girl that just dominates every race. And so these last few rounds were like Shasta, Morgan, Zaria, Kenzie are like, you know, there's a lot more parody. I think really helps the, you know, that, 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 that whole program. And not to say that it doesn't, but just really feel like it belongs like great racing for the fans. Um, you know, cause you're asking, you know, a, a very stringent, you know, demographic to turn around and support a overseas parallel twin motorcycle. Um, you know, and, and what's one way to get over that hump and put on a great race. And so the last couple rounds, I've been like, you know, like super stoked to see like that level of parody finally come out. Cause those top four or five girls 
they're good, right? You go to the like local races and they're up in the mix. So it's, it was, it was super cool. Yep. Yeah. Good overall season for them. It was, it was some good racing. So moving on, what else do we got? So I had a couple of things. Uh, well, mainly just one thing. Uh, I had, like I said, I had some notes and they talked about Scotty and Ralph. They talked about Cody moving up and will he move up next year, you know, championship or not? Will, will he move up? And for one, he's got one more year in his contract. So he's definitely not moving up next year. And one more. Okay. Yeah. yeah, As of now, but I don't see there no reason for him not to, not to renew it. Like, why wouldn't you stay and yeah, make, make money riding a single, there are no, there's nothing available on a twin right now. I mean, unless you're (laughs) Essence or you're Jared, I mean, even Briar is grinding right now, dude, he's unload. If you go to the races right now, Briar Bauman is on, he's setting up his whole pit. Like him and Shayna, they set up the whole pit. They set up the tents. They set up the toolbox. They unload the bikes. I mean, dude, they're putting, yeah, it's, it's not, it's not great in the twins class. And you look at Davis, I mean, no offense there's obviously there's no offense to Davis, but I guarantee you there's probably eight to nine singles riders that are getting paid more than Davis's this year. And Davis is fifth in the points right now on the twins. So the system is, it's definitely broken right now where we have more teams in the singles class that are offering salary. They're offering better bonuses and there's no reason there's no want or need for these riders to move up. And that's why we don't have more entries in the twins class right now. So yeah, I don't see, I don't, I, I bet Cody, I bet. And I, we, this is not, we haven't talked about this part of what I'm about to say, but I don't see any, any reason why he doesn't, he doesn't resign after next year to keep riding a single. If that's an option, I, you know, people talk about the KTM, obviously there's KTM twins out there, but I don't think in the next three years, you're going to see a factory KTM twin effort. I would bet really? a lot of money that, at least in the next three years, as of right now, there will not be a twin KTM effort. And, you know, Fillmore, he, I know he because, listens to some of the pods, but yeah. I just don't think it's a huge priority right now. I don't see how it would translate to benefit KTM and benefit their sales um, when they could just play ball in the singles class. So, yeah, it's so no, I don't see, I don't see any, any of these. That's top what I would like. Moving up. Yeah, I'm looking at Cody and, and, you know, we kind of talked about it a little bit. And for me, I'm kind of the same thing. It's like, why would he move up? And if he did move up, it would have to be like a twin. But, you know, how you say that about not having a factory ride for, you know, an, an effort for a, a bit. I was like, yeah, shit, just keep rolling in the, the the singles and keep making your money. But that's to me, that was my pick is that he would probably stay in the singles class until KTM put forward a. I no, I don't see, twins, I mean, I don't know, I don't know what these riders are doing for next year. I know Max's contract's up. I would, I think there's a 90% chance he stays on a single. I don't see him moving up. I don't really, I, I would, yeah, he's, he's, Max has done enough to earn another good ride. If he doesn't ride for Red Bull, he's going to have a good ride for next year in the singles class. I don't see him moving up. I mean, maybe, maybe Dalton, maybe he gets a decent twins ride. Maybe. I don't know. I don't see anybody, maybe Michler, maybe he tries, maybe Chad. I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what they, what they have, but I just don't, I just, there's more opportunities right now riding a single. Um, so 
that was one thing I wanted to bring up on the broadcast. Uh, I don't know. You had a couple notes, so I wanted to kind of give you a chance. Well, we kind of, yeah, well, we kind of hit them all as I was going through it. The big one was definitely uh, what do we think about uh, Cody moving up? And then, um, but I don't know, man. I just, I can't get past what the hell is going on with these uh, singles writers' haircuts and hairdos. Maybe, maybe we've just finally hit that, that, that papa grandpa stage but like the blonde hair and the 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 dreadlock or not the dreadlocks but the braids and stuff like what did yeah. i miss a memo the braids look painful on? that would irritate the shit out of me maybe that's why he was getting all flustered in the race his, wow. his hair was actually hurting he wasn't mad it was just his you know his hair was hurting <laughs> i just it looked <laughs> it looked painful but I like it, man. It's cool. It's he Cody doesn't really give a shit. So it's it's cool to see see him kind of be himself, whatever that means to everybody. So yeah, it's yeah, yeah. Personality's good, but I mean, and, and you get you have all sides of it. You have the Cody cops, you have and then you have like Tom. He he's just very stoic and wants to ride his motorcycle. <laughs> so it's cool to it's cool to see different personalities. You have the Chad Coe's personalities, you have the James Opp personality. I mean, there's literally so many different personalities i just want whoever whatever personality you have like be that person don't try and be or act somebody you're not just go out and be that person if people like it cool if they don't then fuck them like it doesn't don't stress over that just it you you'll race better and be more comfortable uh if, you, if you're just if you, you be yourself so but yeah man it was oh, and then we it was yeah. a good race yeah. overall really it really was. cool event it really it's setting up the rest of the year and yeah i'm excited for for the races going on. I, uh, so we all know the, you know, it's, it's, we all know the point standings, right? We, we got, we'll start with the, the, the twins right here, but we got Jared and Dan and Dallas. Like it's, it's that show. So what I, I'm going to put you on the spot, right? We've got three races left. Okay. Two weekends left as it stands right now. I mean, I think I know this answer because it's kind of the things that you've said, who do you think pulls it off? Who do you think gets it done? I just don't see – it's so hard because Dallas knows how to win championships. I mean, he's very young, but he knows – I've watched him control championships on a single, so I am no way counting out Dallas. He knows how to control a championship. But he's also racing against Jared Meese, who is an eight-time champion. He's won. He's lost. He's had the race, very, very talented riders as well. And he's so smart. I just, Castle Rock, it could be interesting because it's it's such a one-line track. It's a TT. I mean, last year there was literally a 30-rider pileup in turn one. It's You're asking for carnage at this track. So it wouldn't surprise yeah, me to see the- Meese win Castle Rock. It wouldn't surprise me to see Meese get fifth at Castle Rock. I think... I don't know. I, I, I really can't. I don't want, this is not me just bluffing on the, on the pot. I don't know. Like, I don't know who wins. I think obviously Mies is the favorite. If I had to give it a percentage, I'd say maybe 70, 75% at this point. I think he's going to be really, really good at Springfield. Obviously he's a veteran. He's one miles. He has a really good mile package this year. Kenny Tolbert is not going to leave any stone unturned, but Dallas's team, they're, they're all great as well. So but if I had to throw down a mild bet, I just feel I just don't see Meese giving this one up. I just don't. 
So Dallas is going to have to take it from him. Yep. I, that's what I was going to say. I, I think, I think Jared's got it. It's his to lose. So we'll see how he does at Castle Rock. But I think at this point, it's uh, two miles back to back. We've seen, we've seen that Indian and that big, uh, the big R word is playing a factor into some of these rounds. So I think it's definitely Jared's to lose. But I, that being said, kind of getting into a preview, Castle Rock's layout has been nothing but carnage this year at the local level. It's got... Is it different? Yeah, well, kind of. That jump is a lot more aggressive than it was. There's like a big face on it now. There have been some just shit show um, you know, outcomes of bikes. And I know it's a local level, but I'm sitting here thinking like, they better get that under control. Cause it is, it's not, I mean, we know there was a lot of carnage last year, but I don't know. I'm, I've definitely got my, uh, my uh, concerns about that, but hey, they're sticking to their guns. So we'll see, uh, we'll see how they can handle that jump. Cause you know, last year it was a switchback that everybody went fucking flying all over the place, but now at like the local races that have been going on it's the jump is pretty aggressive well and, back in the day know, they used to when men were men they, they used to jump a lot a lot better that's what i've read at least mm-hmm. i yeah that so one I, was that i was think funny. i read that online once yes. yeah so. had to be true it's online <laughs> but uh yeah man i i actually got to do a little racing i did square deal this weekend so i finally legendary iconic track it's honestly it's the best track best local track in the country i feel i mean it's such such a good racetrack and they prep it really well and i got a second man i was i really wanted to go up there and and win that race it's it's like a really iconic it's called the lee thomas cup it's been around probably for 25 20 years at least and i've never really got a chance to go up there i think i raced it once like 15 years ago or 10 years ago but I've always been busy. Like I'm always racing pro races or something going on, but was able to go up and yeah, I just, just didn't, just didn't, didn't get it done, dude. I got a second, but really, really cool racetrack. It was definitely interesting, interesting night for sure. You learned a lot. So that's, that's what matters. You learned a lot. Good race report. It was yeah. one, uh, it was one paragraph, nice picture, yep. um, minimal excuses, facts, I no know. one cares about the notes hard. section. It was yeah. good. It was good. <laughs> it was hard. It was, I mean, it was, I threw some like kind of subtle excuses in the, in my story, just the, <clears throat> yeah, they have a really weird way of doing the whole shots up there. It's, it's kind of unlike any other place in the country where, uh, you know, and I knew it go, I knew this going into it. Cause I, I asked and they were always really transparent with me, but you're allowed to basically roll the start. Uh, they have two lines on the front on the front row or actually all the rows, there's like two lines. You can roll back on the second line and kind of time it. So you can roll the front line as the light turns green, but there's also, they have like a board. Like, so the starter, he, he goes up, he has a light, the button in his hand for the light. He's got like a wooden board. And when the board goes sideways, like half a second, maybe ish, the light goes, but everybody kind of goes when he turns the board but you can roll also like you can roll the start and then he turns the board right now. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's, I don't know. It, it was, I guess it's the same for everybody. So I, I just, I needed to figure it out, but notoriously like my whole career, I've been a, you know, I've been a really good starter. I've always gotten really good starts. 
And every race up there, I think I was fifth, sixth, seventh off the line. I just couldn't figure out what what the hell to do on that start. So, I mean, you're getting older, right? And as we get older, we're not as good at getting off. So (laughs) I think that... I thought you were going to talk about my reaction time. I'm like, bro, I played dodgeball last (laughs) week at Sky Zone the day before going up to the track uh cruz was getting hammered in the head by all these kids on the in the dodgeball so i i went and paid the 30 fucking dollars to do the sky zone shit and i went into the dodgeball pit with these trampolines that literally send you in outer space and i was a problem just athletic just taking these kids down um i the one i threw in I hit the kid so hard in the head with the ball. It literally knocked his feet completely off the ground. <laughs> I looked over at Amber and she was, she, she walked away like, and she was distraught, <laughs> but I was going to say my reaction time is still really good. I just, I just, no, yeah, you just, out. yeah. Getting older, you're getting, it's harder to get off. So um, yeah, there's medicine I, for that. Yeah. I haven't had that issue yet, but, <laughs> but yeah, that's, that's, yeah no, it, it was fun though. I, I had a good time. I just, I'm just being transparent. I'm a pretty transparent guy. I hated the way they did the start. So best track in the country. We got to do something about like, take away the board and just press the button. Like, I don't honestly don't even mind the rolling start thing. Like, I don't love that either, but the board, everybody was going on the board. Like they weren't even waiting for the green light. And it was just a really inconsistent way to, and dude, it's far to go up. Like it's three and a half hour drive, four hour drive for me one way. So you know, I, I just, I want to, I mean, I'm yeah, going to go back uh, up. So you big, uh, district riders, you guys and your, your rules, man, out here, it's rollers, man. We're rollers out here. So as long as you're not across that line by the time it's green, man, that's I, dumb. I roll the shit out of my starts. <laughs> I'll well, start actually, in the back row and just like, or like back off of it. Just so like the guy can't even see me anyway. I'm I've been like, to Spokane. There, off the line. There's barely rules out there. You guys start in the infield and then you go out on the racetrack and hook a left. Like, I don't. Yeah. 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 Shut the fuck up. You have. Yeah. I don't want to hear it. It's Canada up here. It's Canada. Actually in the AMA rule book, it actually, it actually says like everybody, you have to be a standing start. So, but it's a great, it's a great Biden. It's it's a great club. And I had a really good time and appreciate, you know, they were, like I said, I I knew going into it, that's how the start was. And I just, I don't love it, but yeah, I think that was a, that was a big one I need to figure out, but what else? Did we have anything else? We said we we're going to keep this short. Um, and then we failed. So we can, uh, we want to wrap there. Well, yeah, we, <laughs> we want to do it. There's, there's a segment we want to do. It's like a tech. We want to oh, do a tech, yes. a tech thing. You want to, you want to do like a short one before we head out? Like a well, five, seven. Well, minute. we can always just kind of, yeah. Like, so this will be kind of like, well, a, the a pilot rough, episode. Um, the pilot episode of what we're going to start doing. We're going to tech Tuesday, but it's never going to come out on Tuesday because we can never find a time to get it done. But what we want to do is start to get into, you know, like the tech side of flat track and whether that be gear or bike setup and uh, kind of dive into things. And what's cool about this podcast is that you've got Corey, you know, AMA pro champion multi-time. And you've got me, someone who just rides hooligan, someone kind of quasi new to the sport at a local level. So when we dive into this stuff, we're going to talk about the differences between how this would affect someone that is at the pro level or how this would affect somebody at the local, you know, kind of levels. And so the first one that I kind of wanted to get into. And again, you know, it's running long, so we'll do it a little bit shorter, but we'll kind of dive into, um, 
one of the most important aspects of racing, which is the leathers. And so Corey has, you know, Alpine Stars is his leathers. And then I am Disport USA. And there he has the one piece. I have the two piece. He has the air suit. I don't have the air suit, but I have internal pads in it. Uh, and so one of the things that I was going to ask you, Corey, is um, do, random question, but there's a point. Do you know how much your suit weighs? Have you ever put it on a scale to see how much that weighs? I haven't weighed my Alpine Star suit. Uh, before we get into that, too, on some of these segments moving forward, we might call in like an expert. So say like for something like leathers, like maybe we'd call Kelsey Gordon from from NJK. Or if we're talking about like hot shoes, we'll call Mike Butler up. Or, you know, maybe we even get guys, I and mean, obviously it would take some convincing, but like Kenny Tolbert and, you know, things like that, where we kind of talk about some different different things and just give our preferences or thoughts on it. Uh, obviously it's, it's an opinionated, somewhat opinion on these topics we're going to talk about. There's no right or wrong answers. You guys might may feel differently. So moving into your question, Alpine stars, I, I have not weighed my Alpine star leathers. They're obviously top of the line, amazing leathers, but they're not the lightest leathers They're It's not like you grab my leather suit and it feels way lighter than an NJK suit. Um, I don't think that's the biggest difference. The difference maker in, you know, a thousand dollar suit to a $5,000 suit to, you know, you know, $10,000 suit. The the weight is, is, it's not that much different from the weight. And I will say the tech air or the D air, whatever the airbag system is, it's actually really heavy. So you put the airbag suit, which I'll never race without an airbag suit again. Um, I, I don't feel comfortable now that I've used an airbag. I will not race without one as far as flat tracking on a big track. There's just no way I won't race without it. So with that being said, the tech air is very heavy, but the biggest difference for me isn't the weight. Um, it's just the fit. So having a properly fitted suit from a company like Alpine stars, the engineers and everything that goes into their leathers the suit actually fits like going from, and this isn't a knock at NJK. They, they make a really nice suit. Um, they're significantly better than a lot of the off brands the you know, the overseas brands that just do leathers, the ones that message you and want to sell you leathers every fucking three minutes on uh, social media. Hello friend, buy leather suit. Uh, NJK makes a very, very nice suit. Cruz wears an NJK suit. Like I feel comfortable enough to put my five-year-old son in NJK, but the Alpine star suit, like going from a suit like that to my Alpine star, it just fits. It, it literally fits amazing. It fits perfect. And you can see the riders that are wearing Alpine stars, how fitted the suit looks when they're riding. So the Alpine star suits, they're actually made to fit best when you're on the bike and riding position. So when you walk around, it actually, it's not comfortable to wear. It kind of hunches you over like I had guys the first time they ever wore Alpine star suit or a brand that's, you know, a really good brand. They hated it. They're like, it's so tight. They're too tight. I'm like, dude, they fit. You've always had leathers that were kind of a little baggy, baggy on like the waist. Um, There's more measurements involved in an Alpine star suit than there are in an off brand. Like they might measure 10 things and just, you know, it is what it is where Alpine stars, there's probably 40 measurements that gets taken. So 
So on the the flip side of that, so I like more, and you are starting to see disport at the the pro level. I know that uh, Legrain, uh McGrain had it, um, you know, and then uh, Declan and some of the other guys are starting to get the airbag suit put into it. Um, so I, he is he is overseas, but he's definitely um, um, Malik's his name, and he actually works through a guy in uh, out in California, Mike Vitel, um, and they do there's a 30 point um tailor sheet that you fill out i have the two i have the the old school like top and bottom where it separates um i don't know what if you had any experience in that but i i i've had a one piece and i didn't like it uh two piece for me is just comfort i like the ability to take the top off and just like roll at the track and like hang out um, yeah. cause I'm definitely one of those people where you give me five minutes and I'm out of my shit. I just, I need to get out of it. Yeah. But, um, it took so me a I, while, I, honestly, I would, to, yeah. to, to get comfortable with the one piece. Um, the two piece is obviously nice cause you can just take your jacket off and walk around in, the, in your pants, but yeah. I just don't think two piece leathers fit nearly as good as one piece. Uh, I mean, there's a reason all the top, your, uh, do you take, like, the, do you take off your pants and jacket? Do you take <laughs> I, uh, off your pants and uh, jacket? So the one piece, I'll obviously just like take the shoulders off. And most of the time, I mean, if there's usually it's a half hour for me, if I have a half hour break, I'll take the leathers off completely. But if I don't have a half hour, I'll just, you know, take the top to take on like unzip the shoulders and just kind of get my upper body out of it just to cool off. But I'm, I'm big on that as well. Like there's no reason to sit in your leathers when you don't have to, it just wears, wears you down. Is NJK the only brand that you know of that does the, um, the Kevlar like, I know that um, was it JL Ten. I, I I could be wrong, but I think he was the first one to come out with. Well, the, no, the all black Kevlar actually goes back to like there's a company called Brain Leathers, and it's actually it was one guy. Okay. His name was Masa, and he's from Japan. And Chris Carr was one of the first ones to ever run his leathers. It was mm-hmm. a single guy. He lived over here in the states. He was, did not speak a lick of English. Um, and I actually, me and Shana, we used his leathers there. They were really, really good leathers. Uh, he was ahead of his time. He custom made all the patches, but he had Kevlar leathers, uh, made for Chris Carr. I've never personally run Kevlar leathers, but I think they're fine. Like, I don't think, I don't think I'd want to run them on a mile, like but half obviously. the weight that, so if you're concerned about weight, I've heard that they're half the weight, but the problem or the shortcoming at least is that their shelf life is a little bit less like, you know, with your leathers, you can low side, go fucking flying off the track at Lima and be fine for your set. But I think like after one or two on your Kevlars, they don't necessarily uh, last as long. So that's definitely food for yeah. thought. people out there trying to think about whether or not they want to do a uh, Kevlar suit. So just um, think about it. But yeah. yeah, I mean, there's a lot of good leather companies out there. Like you mentioned, Dye Sport, and I think they do a good job and it just depends your your level and your speed. If you're a you know a, a very novice flat track rider, you're just getting started, and you you can't afford you know NJKs. I mean, they can be two three grand if you get the Tech Air and the Kangaroo, and it just depends on on your budget on where you're at. But I think Dice Sport and there's a couple other locals like local people you can reach out. We're not gonna. I mean, I don't I don't have a list here. It's no. <laughs> this isn't like a a tech like a sponsored plug or anything. It's just. Yeah, they they make would good you, leathers. So on that, would you, if you're brand new to the sport of flat track, you know that you can go into a cycle gear and get a uh, what is it, Sedici like one piece suit off of the the walls? Would you suggest that 
for somebody that's new or would you suggest maybe just doing moto gear that first time out? Um, what in your, as yeah. you know, obviously someone who's grown up around the sport, how, when have you told people like, all right, now's the time for you to cross over and get a leather set. I mean, I guess it depends. Like if you're getting a really nice Alpine star suit off the rack or you're getting like the lowest, you know, custom suit, I think the Alpine star suit's probably the way to go. I mean, I yeah. I've worn off the rack suits and they're fine. I guess if you have a weird shaped body that where you, you know, something's really fucking like you have really long legs or something and you can't fit in them. Then, I mean, I honestly have, I have a really long torso and kind of short fucking legs, but I can fit in an off the rack suit. It's not horrific, but yeah. now that I've like, I went back. So I have, I wore like, they were called pilot leathers when I road raced back in, it was like 10 years ago. I, I actually road raced professionally. It's so weird to even say that and not laugh. Uh, so I was a professional road racer I'll do and it I, for you. Yeah. And I had, Hey, it wasn't that bad. It could have been worse, but I wore these pilot leathers and at the time I thought they were rad. And now I, you know, I've been wearing these, the Alpine stars are just, everybody wants to wear Alpine star leathers. It's, you can't, yeah, they're just, they're so nice. So I'm super grateful to have earned a spot to wear the, wear their leathers. And I put on these, uh, these, this, this suit just recently, I just tried it on and golly, I was like, damn, I can't believe I felt comfortable wearing this at 160 mile an hour at Daytona, but yeah, I don't know. I just, um, I, and I also think riders don't wear leathers enough. I think these young kids, you know, you go to these like Dairyland classic, there was a lot of riders that were wearing moto gear and they have leathers. If you have leathers, I would wear them a lot. I mean, I've, I've been wearing leathers a lot more than, than when I was younger, maybe it's the age thing, but yeah, I mean, any questions on leathers, like I'm always open to guys. Like I, I, I have people already that they'll message the podcast, Instagram, and they'll ask me, questions and i'm pretty honest like if i don't know an answer i usually just say i don't i don't know or or that's a broad question but i'm i try to be pretty honest and not too biased you know obviously i'm sponsored by by certain brands and you know i push those brands you know as much as i can but i i'm pretty you know i try to be transparent and and things like that but yeah i mean i think we're we're gonna try to keep doing this uh i think that was a good little brief brief preview of what what we want to do and if you guys can reach out to us please and let us know i mean obviously we could talk about tire compounds we could talk about just little tricks like treating tires cutting tires tractionizing tires we could talk about wheelbase we could talk about front end eccentrics and i'm i'm not the greatest mechanic obviously but i can tell you what i've noticed with feel on the motorcycle and what i personally like so in this whole tech Tuesday type thing that we're going to start implementing. It goes back to what you had said last week about podcast where, you know, the more, the better for the sport. So there's, you know, obviously you don't want to give like out everything, right. If you're trying to have Kenny Colbert out here, like, Hey, Colbert, how do you go fast on a mile? Like, you know, but as much information that we can get out to really help grow this sport. Like I know for me, when I was getting to the sport of flat track, I wanted to know everything I could. And you just, it's a hard, you can't find that information out. So little things like, yeah, like setup or why this helmet or that helmet or this leather moto gear, this boot, you know, hot shoes, whatever, I think is really going to help the sport. And uh, especially the, uh, the up and comers. Cause you know, me, I, at least once every week I'm talking about, Hey, if you're a kid coming up, pay attention to this part. So I think it's going to help. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate everybody for tuning in. Uh, we had a really good response from the Colby, uh, Colby Carlisle podcast. That was, that was a fun one. I, I, actually enjoy those those podcasts a lot more i honestly i have a hard time 
giving opinions on on things just because I just don't like to deal with the scrutiny. I mean, I'm, my problem is I'm really honest. So it's like, it's a double-edged sword. I, I try to give people kind of feedback and honest thoughts on, on everything, but it also probably rubs people the wrong way a little bit. And, you know, getting scrutinized, it's just annoying to read and hear and whatever. So I actually like, I enjoy the interview pods more, but we'll still keep these rewind pods going. I uh, hope you guys enjoy them. Give me some feedback what you like better. Do you like the interview pods? Do you like the rewind pods? I mean, the basis of our podcast from the start was always interview pods. We always did that, but now we sort of do these rewind shows as well. So uh, send us a message and let us know what you, what you like more. Appreciate all the reviews, the, you know, the interactions on Spotify, the subs- uh, subscriptions, everything you guys are doing to support what we got going on. It's definitely appreciate it. And we have some things we're finally working on to try and, be better and grow this podcast. We have Sean bear. He's coming on the podcast here soon. And I actually, I got a text message from Tyler Scott. He's down to come on the pod. So uh, depending on, depending on Sean's schedule, maybe we'll, we'll jump Sean. We're going to get Sean and Tyler Scott on next. Maybe we'll even get a chance to do that. I know you got a lot going on later in the week. We'll, We'll talk. We'll try and get these, some interview pods going. We have, there's two really good guests at, that we're going to have on, but appreciate all the support. Eric, you got any closing thoughts for, before we wrap this one up? I don't, I, uh, I got to uh, get out and make sure that, uh, Declan has, uh, prepped his bike for, uh, Rasselcock. He's out there, uh, unsupervised, probably going to burn down the damn neighborhood. So, uh, yeah, no one will miss, doing. no one will miss Spokane. So did you, uh, <laughs> I got a text message from Kyle Snyder while we were doing this podcast, Look at Cycle News and their uh, their new breakdown uh, of this weekend's race, uh, specifically uh, where they talk about Declan Bender's top seven finish. Um, look at the picture that they use for Declan. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I, I do a little you, nugget for people. Tell tell Declan he needs to settle down on the introductions with his hand. He's gonna yank that fucking <laughs> hand off, dude. He throws it up and like. Dude, he's like, it looks like he's waving down a train or something. He just throws that hand up with, he's going to wear his arm out before he, if it was like a track that was aggressive where you needed some energy, he's going to wear his arm out from, from doing that. So <laughs> it's, these are the things you learn as a rookie, right? You, you, he's just got to learn a lot and chase set up. Yeah. Just listen to the podcast. <laughs> you get all these fucking opinions and shit that you don't need to hear. So it's, <laughs> we love it. <laughs> Awesome. Oh, yeah, shit. No, that's all I got, man. <laughs> it's Logan. I thought you looked it up. Yeah. 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 <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, that's funny. Um, No respect for these triple digits. That's really funny. They got Cammy, right? They look like Cammy, right? Oh, God. Yeah, they got Cammy. They got yeah. Cammy, right? Oh, yeah. oh, man. That's too good. All right. Well, that's a wrap, guys. Appreciate you, Eric, man. Enjoy, enjoy Rasselcock. I, I wish I was out there. Actually, guys, I almost I almost got out of retirement for the Castle Rock. That was that was the one uh-huh. that I, I was talking about uh-huh. doing. No, we we were close. We were maybe we'll talk about in future podcasts. Ah, close-ish. Nope. Close-ish. So but uh nope, no C techs and uh people probably don't really care. So with that, <laughs> we're gonna wrap this one up. Appreciate you guys. We out. <laughs>